Hi everyone, welcome again to the podcast where we do a deep dive into the gospel reading from today's Mass. We really want to help you understand the literal sense of the text. So today's reading is quite a well-known one. We're looking at John chapter 13, verses 31 to 33a, and then verses 34 and 35. When Judas had gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and in him God has been glorified. If God has been glorified in him, God will in turn glorify him in himself, and will glorify him very soon. My little children, I shall not be with you much longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another, just as I have loved you. You also must love one another. By this love you have for one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So that's our text today. It's quite rich theologically and spiritually, as the entire farewell discourse is. So what's the context? Judas has just left the Last Supper and has gone to betray Jesus, and now the official farewell discourse begins, where Jesus gives his final instructions to his disciples at the Last Supper. This next section of John spans several chapters. The farewell discourse goes on for a long time. Now, it's actually part of a literary genre that scholars call a testament. So it's like Jesus is leaving behind his last will and testament. It's his farewell address of a teacher to his disciples that he's leaving behind. It was actually fairly well known in the time of Jesus to leave a testament like this. So in Jesus' testament, the farewell discourse... Over the next few chapters, we'll hear Jesus announcing his departure. He's going to have words of consolation, final instructions, warnings about hardships, and also how the group's future needs can be secured. And he's going to start by speaking to the disciples in quite an intimate way about the fact that he soon won't be with them much longer. Verse 31, Jesus says, Now the Son of Man has been glorified. That's not the best translation. A better, more literal translation is, Now the Son of Man is glorified. So he's sort of talking about something which is about to happen, essentially. And glory basically means a clear manifestation of God. That God is about to be clearly manifested to the people. So Jesus is saying the hour has come, When the Son of Man will be glorified. When Jesus dies on the cross, it is his hour of glory. And we see that in John chapter 3, verse 14, and in chapter 8, verse 28. All through the Gospel of John, Jesus says things about when he's lifted up on the cross, that will be the moment of glory. And that is about to happen. Jesus goes on, though. He says, and in him, God has been glorified. And again, that's actually in the present tense. So God is glorified. So the Son of Man, through what he's about to do, the Messiah, has been up till now and is about to point people to the Father. He's going to glorify God. More specifically, through the cross, Jesus the Messiah is going to reveal God's self-giving love. That's the whole purpose of the mission of the Messiah. Jesus goes on. He uses quite complex Trinitarian language here. If God has been glorified in him... God will in turn glorify him in himself and will glorify him very soon. So there's this idea that 
because the Son of Man has glorified God, now God is going to glorify the Son of Man, and it's going to happen very soon. So this phrase appears to mean something like this. God will shortly glorify the Son of Man. When does God glorify the Son of Man? Probably in the most active sense. It's at his resurrection and also his ascension into heaven. That's when God glorifies Jesus. So we get to verse 33, and the lectionary today does something a bit strange with verse 33. It only includes the first half of verse 33, because it looks like it wants us to focus on verse 34 instead. So verse 33a says, My little children, and that is a term of endearment for his disciples. It's quite an intimate term. I shall not be with you much longer. So Jesus has been speaking for some time now about the fact that he'll die. And now he makes clear that that time is very close. I shall not be with you much longer. I'm going away. Now, in context, it's sort of hard to uh, separate out these events in the Gospel of John, but it looks like he might be thinking particularly of his ascension. He's going away from them permanently at his ascension, and that seems to be what he's thinking of. And then verse 33b, the second half of verse 33, is not in today's reading, but that says, you will seek me... And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. So that's not in today's reading. And then we get to verse 34, and we get to hear the new commandment. Interestingly, we all know the new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. It's some of Jesus' most famous words. This is the only time it's ever read in the lectionary, believe it or not. Once every three years on this Sunday in year C, is when you get to hear these words. In fact, there's another time, which is read every single year, that's on Tuesday of Holy Week, which is which covers this same span of text, but it actually cuts out the new commandment for some reason. So this, uh, what we have today, is once every three years, you'll get to hear the new commandment. So let's have a look at it. Verse 34. A new ins- So, what does this mean, a new commandment? It's a new instruction that he's not given to them before this point. This is something new that he's telling them. And here's the commandment, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Now, remember that in the Gospels, love basically means do good. So, Jesus wants... Now, also notice, love one another. That appears to be as in love amongst yourselves. Love each other, as in love... It's a command for the disciples to love the other disciples, not people in general. And we know that because later on he's going to contrast this group, his disciples, with all men. So this is not a command to actually love all men, although that's certainly part of Jesus' teaching elsewhere. Here the teaching is that he wants his disciples to love each other. So Jesus wants the disciples to treat each other well, to do good to each other, in the same way that he has treated them well. And he's already shown them a model of this kind of love through the feet washing, which has just happened, and he's about to show them the ultimate model of doing good through the death on the cross. Now, in this in this sense, it's not really a new commandment, because love one another is, of course, a command from the Old Testament. But the way Jesus phrases it and the focus of it is new. When Jesus says, as I have loved you, that's the new thing. That's something that the Jews would not have been familiar with. Love one another as I, Jesus, have loved you. That's the new commandment. Verse 35, Jesus tells them why he's given them this commandment. 
By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So the reason Jesus gives them this commandment is so that the rest of the world, or all men, will know that they're Jesus' disciples. So people can look at Jesus' followers, see how they love each other, they treat each other well, and then hopefully the good outcome that Jesus hopes for here is that those people, when they see the disciples loving each other, will come to believe in Jesus as a result. So the love that Jesus' disciples are supposed to have for each other should stand out. It should make people take notice. That's Jesus' aim. Now, this is a similar teaching to something Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So that's a clear part of Jesus' teaching, is he expects his disciples to live in such a way with each other and to treat each other in such a way that it's going to make other people take notice and see that there's something different about these Christians. That's what Jesus wants from his disciples. And that applies to us today as well. So Jesus says this in connection with what he's just said about going away. So he's just said, I'm going away. And now he's kind of giving them marching orders for his disciples for the time being, at least until the resurrection, something like that. Paul would like, this is such a fundamental teaching and the catechism spends a lot of time unpacking this teaching. And in fact, Paul, later in the New Testament, would summarize this teaching, love one another as I have loved you. He calls it the law of love. And he says, this is the one fundamental requirement of the new covenant. That's in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. That's how Paul summarizes the entire gospel, the law of love. So that gets us to the end of this section of text. There's a whole lot more in the farewell discourse. If you want to hear the next part of it, that's when We hear Peter's response to what Jesus has just said. You can hear that on Tuesday of Holy Week. Now, the Catechism, um, where does this chapter appear in the Catechism? How do we develop Catholic teachings here? There's only one line that gets attention in the Catechism here, and it's probably the one that you would expect, which is that a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that appears all throughout the Catechism particularly in terms of how Christians are supposed to treat each other. So I'll read out a few of those paragraphs. Paragraph 782 is in the description about what the people of God should look like. It says, The people of God is marked by characteristics that clearly distinguish it from all other religious, ethnic, political, or cultural groups found in history. Its law is the new commandment to love as Christ loved us. This is the new law of the Holy Spirit. Paragraph 1823 in the section on love says Jesus makes love the new commandment. By loving his own to the end, he makes manifest the Father's love which he receives. By loving one another, the disciples imitate the love of Jesus, which they themselves receive. Whence Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. And again, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Paragraph 2822, which is in the section on the Our Father, on the line, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, says, Our Father desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish. His commandment is that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. His commandment summarizes all the others and expresses his entire will. 
And then it also appears in paragraph 2842 in the discussion about forgiveness as well. And I'll include that paragraph in the show notes. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something new in today's podcast about what went on at the Last Supper. Please continue to share this around and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you.